your brand is a reflection of your company culture, which essentially is the DNA of your organization. I was watching this really, really good interview uh, with Seth Godin on YouTube about everything that you probably don't know about marketing recently. And you can find the link to that episode uh, in the uh, episode article on my blog at uh, uh, modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast 95, if you're interested in watching it, which I recommend. It's quite long. It's nearly an hour, but it's a really good, really good video. Anyway, he talks about what it means to have a brand. And that's what I'm going to talk about today in this episode of Building the Modern Employer Brand podcast. My name is Susanna Rantanen, and I'm your modern employer branding and talent marketing coach. And uh, I have dedicated this podcast for those of you who want to build a modern employer brand and master modern talent marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Talent Marketing School. Learn more about Talent Marketing School at talentmarketingschool.com. So in this episode of Building the Modern Employer Brand Podcast, I want to go beyond the surface and really drill into what employer brand and employer branding really means. And you know, what I talk about all the time is why rethinking employer branding is so critical and why rethinking or what rethinking employer branding means. And I teach this rethought version of employer branding, what I call the modern employer branding at Talent Marketing School for people like you who want to do talent marketing that actually makes a difference and has a lasting impact. And uh, what I do there at Talent Marketing School is I teach it step by step and in bits and in bobs because you cannot really transform from this conventional way of thinking uh, employer branding into a modern employer brand and talent marketer overnight. Uh, And it would be impossible to help you to rethink and put it all into practice within just one course. So that's why I created and founded an entire school for it. So you need to really undo, and I was really inspired by Seth Godin, because this is what he talks about as well, like undoing the marketing that you know, and kind of re um, recoding it. Uh, and that's what I also say that you need to undo everything that you believe and and everything that you thought that employer branding is and was in order to rebuild it from these modern bits and bobs that I've uh, you know I'm offering for you. And what Seth Godin talks about in this video is why your logo isn't your brand or when put it into our context in employer branding, why your EVP is not your employer brand. Now, here's a really good example from that, uh, a a quote from Seth Godin from that video. I'll read it for you. So if Nike owned a hotel, we would probably recognize it uh, because when we, you know, based on the experience that we have when we step in. But if Hyatt made sneakers like Nike does, we wouldn't be able to recognize them because Hyatt doesn't have a brand. Hyatt has a logo. And what he means is that um, 
that hotel chains like Hyatt, like Marriott, like Hilton, they belong to this certain, like a Bryce and a Bryce category. Uh, and in that Bryce category, all hotels really look the same. You walk in, you know, to the reception, to the lobby, and they all have the same feel to it. The five-star experience. And in fact, I mean, it's a common knowledge uh, what hotels need to offer to be classified as five-star hotels. And then it's just a matter of stamping your logo and your hotel chain or your hotel name on the side of the building to make it your own. And if you took the name away, you really wouldn't, you wouldn't have a clue what hotel chain this is when you were standing at the reception uh, or sleeping in their beds. And what this means, um, what it means to have a brand is that there is something distinct to this brand that people can recognize. And it isn't how something looks like. It's how it makes you feel. It's how it makes you feel. Now, you've heard, you know, talking about brand promises and employee or employer value proposition, which is, you know, our language, uh, EVP. It's the same. It's, it's a promise. And essentially what it means is a promise that we give to the targets of that, that you know, the, 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 the target audiences. Now, brand promises and EVPs, they're very easy to create. You can write whatever you want on a piece of paper or uh, in a slideshow and say that this is your EVP, say that this is your brand promise, say that this is your customer promise. But what makes a brand promise or an employer brand promise is not those words. It's not those statements or those taglines or those slogans. It's the expectation that is going to be met every time that your audience comes in contact with you. And the problem with marketing departments and, and HR writing those employer brand promises together is that, are they really true? Do they stem from your organization's DNA or not? Because if they don't, they're not true. They're not authentic. And it's really, really hard to make an EVP when you have a few people in the room deciding, you know, this is this sounds fun and this is what we want to have our uh, employee brand promise to stand for and then write it down like it was the authentic experience. Because whatever you write down, that's not yet the purpose of the entire promise. The purpose is, is delivering it, making it real. Uh, and delivering that promise is not up to what it's stated on the website. It's up to every single person representing your company every single day in every single encounter for as long as that promise is stated on your website or wherever you put it. And that's why your employee brand is not your EVP. It's not the exercise that the project project of creating that EVP. You don't even need to write your EVP anywhere. You don't need to spend a second of your time even thinking about what your EVP is if who you are is so distinct that everyone representing your company, your organization really like oozes it naturally and without any effort pretty much all the time. And that, that 
is distinct to who you are as an organization, what your DNA is, what people can expect when they work for you, when they buy from you, when they partner up with you, when they... Um, when they uh, subcontract their services for you, when they apply for your jobs, what is the experience of your distinctiveness as a candidate in your process? Is there one? Your brand, your employer brand is the distinct promise that people know to expect. And when they come to contact with you, they experience it every single time. And you don't have to write it down anywhere. It's in your DNA. Now, if this experience is distinctively connected to your company, to your organization, you have a brand. You have earned yourself, your company or organization, this brand, a company brand or an employer brand. And it is this distinctiveness that cannot be copied. Others can copy how your office looks like or what you write on your job posts or the pictures that you use on your career site or they can copy how you use your social media for talent marketing or what faces your recruitment process has or you know what your candidate messages look like what you write in them they can they can um they can copy how your stand looks like at the career fair and what you do there but those are not your brand those are just a surface layer of, of your organization's way of doing things. Now, your brand is how all of this makes the people feel. When they experience your company through the surface, through these points, these, these touch points, whether, you're, whether that touch point is your job post or your recruitment process, whether it's your employees talking about their job at the bar in an nightclub to a stranger, and that feeling, that cannot be stolen or copied from you. And that's what makes your brand distinct. And if your brand isn't distinct, and yes, I am going to repeat this word distinct until it's like drilled and hammered in your mind. If your brand isn't distinct, you don't have a brand. All you have is a career site, a job post, a roll-up, a company hoodie, a funky office. That's all you have. They may look really nice, but they're just benefits. Now, if your office looks nice and you have company hoodies that look cool, that's great. I mean, you know, we have this, uh, this is a talent marketing school sweatshirt and we have other company company uh, gear as well. Uh, but those are just commodities. People are not going to pay extra for a commodity that you can get anywhere. I mean, a hoodie is a hoodie no matter what logo is on it. It becomes a brand hoodie when wearing that hoodie in front of other people makes that person feel something special, something aspirational, makes, gives the people a specific status, elevates their status in front of their peers when they're wearing, wearing that hoodie. That's when you have a brand. When you have a brand, being connected to that brand gives people added value. It raises their position in, 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 in the eyes of their peers. It elevates their status in their own you know, social circles and, and in their own culture. Uh, that's the value of a brand. Is, you know, it, the value of a brand is, is how much extra am I willing to invest 
or pay uh, above my other options that substitute for this one. In employee branding terms, it's, for example, how much lower am I willing to go with my salary expectation just to get this job and become part of this company? Employers who can offer this aspirational employer brand value have to pay more, have to give more on the surface. They have to offer all sorts of tokens that are seemingly adding value to those employees because they don't have a brand value to give. Employers that have to compete with salaries and benefits, they're kind of like commodity employers. Their candidates cannot see the added value of choosing that job over another, so they expect to see concrete additional benefits and you know better compensation to help them choose that company over another. When you are able to build a real employer brand, there is that attached value that in the eyes of your target talents, they feel that there are no substitutes. If they choose something else, another option, they get less. Even if they get more money, they get less. They lose. And funnily enough, it goes the same way back. Now, job seekers or employees in, in general, uh, whether they work in your company or somewhere else, if the employer doesn't see the added value of hiring this specific person, or keeping this specific person on board, they're willing. They're less willing to give a, for example, a salary rise or offer more money uh, at the start of employment. And that's why social media and content marketing have done a lot of favors for job seekers too. When some professionals have started to build their own personal brand, you know this term, personal brand. When they've done this successfully, they have achieved this very same uh, brand added value connotation. They appear to be more value for the money and less perceived risk as uh, employees so that uh, employers are willing to match their ask because uh, the other candidate options that they have aren't as doesn't seem that value, you know, it doesn't seem as valuable as these with the personal brand. What this means is that as an employee or as a freelance worker, achieving your personal brand is just a valuable exercise for you than for you as the talent marketer or the, the employer branding practitioner to achieve a uh, employer brand for the organization that you work for. You Stop being a commodity that can be re replaced easily by other options when you have a brand. When you have a brand, you start being something that seems to have more value attached to it, more perceived value. I am willing to make an effort, pay extra, accept a lower salary because you know, there's more value attached to this one than the other options that I have. I'm willing to take this job for a smaller pay because I can see what other value being part of this company can offer me. Companies and people who have to compete with price, they're commodities. There's always another substitute for them. 
many people find personal branding very unappealing. And it's not really because personal branding as such, as an exercise, is unappealing. It's because what personal branding represents to them based on their own experiences. So it's not the logo or the name of the product that we're upset or annoyed by, not the person that we're upset or annoyed by. It's just um, what the person or the name or the logo represents to us. And if, if you know, if all we know uh, from personal branding are people who do it in ways and in terms that are kind of irritating or intimidating to us personally, we think personal branding is annoying and irritating and we don't want to have part of it. Uh, but it's the personal branding isn't how people are doing it. It's the value that comes out of it. And if you were offered the value that comes out of having a brand, having a personal brand, you would take it, trust me. A personal brand, an employer brand, a company brand, a product service brand, those all go deeper than the service. They create some exceptional value add for those who own the brand and those who come to contact with the brand. If that doesn't happen, if there's none of this value add, there's no brand. Now, talking about the offices, if you're familiar with the technology industry and have ever visited any sort of a top tech company and their office, you know that one after another, they kind of compete with each other of who has the funkiest and nicest office. The office itself doesn't give you the employer brand. The office itself isn't your culture either. The I think that the culture in this entire modern tech, uh, the entire industry is to have funky offices. That's the culture. That's kind of like a, uh, a brand of the entire industry, but it's not a brand or a culture for an, uh, uh, like a, a single company. If you are a tech company, if you hire tech em employees and your people need to work in a rut, then you're offering less um, perceived value than the other substitutes. But the office itself is not the brand. It's the idea of why are you offering an office that looks like a rut when I can see that the other options have nicer offices. So you don't, as an employer, belong to the same price point category anymore. If this was a hotel chain, you don't have five stars because you're not up to par. So you're, if, you, if you're not offering what the industry offers, what's like the commodity of the industry, like the basic standard of the industry, then you are excluding yourself from the culture of the industry. But having that funky office, that's not your brand, that's not your culture. It's the culture of the industry. And it has become a commodity in your industry to have that kind of an office. Um, well, go to another office or another another industry, uh, law firms. The top law firms have offices with, in my experience, have offices with like specific color schemes and art and like really expensive furniture. I was going to say expensive looking furniture, but I'm sure that they actually also cost a lot, whether they look nice or not, in my opinion, always, but they look like they cost a fortune. Some of the law firms make it really bold and obvious, and some of them are like, they they look really low-key. 
but you can smell the money. The taste may differ, but the smell of the money stays. And those offices are not their culture. It's the distinct culture of the industry, which creates this as like a standard level for uh, companies in uh, in the industry. You have to you know you have to offer the same base basic level. Otherwise, you fall into the lower category in front of their customers and in front of their employees and job seekers. None of this is branding and none of this is developing your company culture. This is making sure uh, that you are being compared with the other companies in the same range where you want to belong to. If you want to position like other funky employers in your category, you need to offer the same hygienics that they do. This is the office, this is the location, this is the coffee machines, the flexibility of work, the company parties and games, but none of this is branding your company in a distinct manner. This is just to be in the game that you want to be in. Now, branding is extra. What people get from you is something distinctively different. And uh, what's important also is that it's they're getting it in a coherent and repeatable manner. And they won't get the same from these other options. And what makes branding really difficult is the par. You need to be able to repeat that experience from here to eternity. Otherwise, you are talking about a campaign. And anyone can do a campaign if you put the money on the table. But for the argument's sake, you could repeat the campaign from here to eternity. But for you to pay enough for the campaign to be as, as effective as a brand, um, I don't think you will ever get the budget for it. And the thing is that brand is actually free because brand is the D is in the DNA that you already have. What comes effortlessly because that's who you are, that's what you represent, that's your values, your beliefs, your like existence. And most of all, the aspirational identity that what you represent can give to somebody else. That's what brand is. And branding means, branding is different than the brand. Branding means that you're showing up. You're reminding people, your audience, that you exist. You're being present where your audience is so that they can come to contact and experience your brand and get the sense of that aspirational identity that they could achieve if they had your brand, if they were your brand, if they were part of your brand. And what costs in this exercise, of course, is the time and the effort that it takes to show up. Uh, the brand itself is in your DNA, the real, the authentic uh, self of yours or the company. Uh, but what costs is to get it out of there. Now, brand doesn't need to fascinate everybody. Not at all. That's why you need to know who your people are, who are your target audiences. And in fact how you can really recognize a good brand is that when some people really, really, really passionately love it, others just don't know what the fuss is all about, but they know that there is a fuss. If there is no fuss, there is no brand. There is no, without that fuss, there is no distinctiveness that sticks, that stirs, and uh, what people can know and, and get to know over and over and over again when they use your brand object, when they are part of your, what your brand represents, when they come to contact with your brand. Now, building a modern employer brand is telling the story 
of your DNA, but not in the way that is focusing on talking about you, but in a way that inspires your target people to become part of that story. The magnetic envoy branding method that I've developed that gives you the framework how to achieve this over time, but there is much more to getting what magnetic employer branding is. If I showed you the uh, an example of a magnetic employer branding strategy that we've created for one, you know some of our clients, it really wouldn't tell you that much. It really wouldn't mean that much to you when you look at it, because it, it's what happens when you are executing it, when it starts to come alive, and how that resonates in the people that it's being targeted to. Because branding is not about the appearances. It's about the feelings, the emotions that the brand creates in the recipient. It's the emotional connection to what the brand represents to that person who receives it. How your brand makes your audience feel when they use it, when they carry it, when they come to contact with it, when they are part of it. If people are not getting excited about your employer brand, you don't have one. And the excitement is the aspirational excitement, not an excitement about getting a cup of coffee at your fancy office. That's not, that's not branding. But what actually is branding about that is how it makes the person feel when they post that moment of having that cup of coffee at your fancy, fancy office, when they post a picture of that moment on their Instagram and how that is going to look and make them look in the eyes of their peers. That's what branding is. Having a brand is essentially about status and being attached to your brand needs to create that kind of an elevated status for those people. And branding is essentially about giving opportunities for those people that you target to be exposed with your brand so that they can elevate their own status in the eyes of their own peers. And for you to have this opportunity to exercise branding effectively uh, and one day have and own a brand, you need to have a specific and distinct understanding of your DNA that enhances the DNA of your target people. That's the match. You have to recognize what is the aspirational story element that your brand has that uh, carries meaning and relevance to those target people. And you need to actively and consi consistently show up and tell that story in a way that invites those people in this aspirational transformation journey with your company. That is essentially and effectively how I see employer branding and what the magnetic employer branding method offers as a framework and as a systematic approach for employer branding. But to really achieve that magnetic employer brand, you need to rethink what employer branding is. And then you, you, need, to, you need to decode your brain from what you always thought employer branding is and open your mind to understanding and, and thinking it in a different way. And I can guarantee you that this will be a heck of an aspirational journey for yourself as a talent marketing marketer, as an employer branding practitioner, but it's a journey. This is not something that you will learn overnight or in one course or in one lesson. 
Just like Seth Godin says, you need to rethink what marketing is. And I agree with that. And I want to continue from that. You need to rethink what employer branding is to make it worthy of your and your employer's time and then worthy of, of the time of the people that you want to attract with your employer brand. It's not about the office. It's not about the logo. It's not about the hoodie or the coffee. It's what your employer brand represents and what that means for those people that you want to influence. Let that sink in and come back next week for more on how to build a modern employer brand in the world where people no longer want to pay attention to Mimi marketing. My name is Susanna Rantanen. I teach modern employer branding at Talent Marketing School. Find more information about this episode at modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast 95. And of course, about talent marketing at talentmarketingschool.com. Happy New Year. Moi moi.